Hello and welcome to the Jurassic HR podcast. My name is Andy Evans and I am the HR consultant and director for Jurassic HR. On this edition, we are going to be talking about a few of the biggest issues happening in today's world. And we're going to kick off with news that's come out earlier today about the Home Secretary, Preeti Patel. Now, as some people will be aware, there's been an independent investigation in relation to Priti Patel's conduct, with an independent investigation saying that her action constitutes bullying within the workplace. Now, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, has upholded Priti Patel and endorsed her, saying that she hasn't breached ministerial code of conduct, which raises the question, what does breach an ethical code of conduct within the workplace. As practitioners, we are very much about withholding the protected characteristics of the Equalities Act, of which bullying and harassment are one or two of those characteristics. So if a parliamentary prime minister or parliamentary minister is being excused of that behaviour, does that then set a precedent going forward? Boris Johnson, when he first came into office, said that ministers who broke the rules would be axed from the government. He has effectively overturned that decision earlier today. If you look at the opposition, Labour leader Keir Starmer suspended and withdrew the whip of former Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn for anti-Semitism comments and the lack of investigation during his run. Starmer has continued to say that he will not reinstate the whip until Jeremy Corbyn apologises. So my question to you, and one which I would love to hear your comments on, is it ethical for the Prime Minister to not listen to the results of an independent investigation? Is it ethical for the Prime Minister to allow the Home Secretary to remain in position without any sort of repercussions? Now, in other news, we know that Pfizer have announced that the vaccine for coronavirus is ready to go and is 95% effective against the condition. We're also hearing that there is going to be a mass rollout and this could happen in December. With the advancements that we have done over this past year, and let's consider the fact that actually um, 2020 has been a nightmare year for, for all of us in terms of industries and in terms of business. We have seen some positives and that is the realisation that remote working does play such a pivotal part in our employees' well-being and our employees' working lives and even our businesses. Businesses are recording higher productivity. But with the vaccine becoming available, if we see that this does actually work, are we concerned as practitioners that we will then see us going back and bringing more people back into the office? Do we feel as practitioners that there is a need to go back into the office? I know from my work with clients that there are mixed feelings regarding hybrid working, that there are mixed feelings regarding staying at home remotely, period. 
but there are also major concerns about coming back into the office. From some of the companies that I dealt with, they are already looking at various scenarios for 2021 with the majority of companies looking at a job evaluation. Now that job evaluation would entail coming into site if the role requires it. So really they are taking this hybrid method that people have been talking about and turning it into what works for that company. I personally feel that there is no requirement to go back to the old way of nine to five, everybody in the office. But I do feel it's important that workers and employees get the opportunity to openly discuss with their managers, with their leaders, what works best for them. There is still going to be a fear about what happens with coronavirus. There is still gonna be a fear that people have about going back into a closed office environment. There is still gonna be a fear of interacting with others. And there's going to be mental health concerns. We've seen that. We've heard the discussions over the past year. Organisations can look to mental health awareness to really impact and work with the employees to make sure that they are OK, that the business is OK and that productivity does not decrease. Now, I work from home exclusively uh, and I haven't always done this. I've worked in offices before, but I find that working from home improves my work-life balance. I have a young two-year-old daughter. If anybody looks at my LinkedIn profile, they'll see some videos where I'm out with my daughter um, and, and keeps me on my toes. Because I work from home, my work-life balance means that I can spend more time with my wife, with my daughter, and do the things that we all enjoy, that family time. I can mix my work commitments around my home commitments. And you wouldn't get that within the office. But I know that when I'm working, my focus is purely on my job. Having a proper setup at home, a desk with adequate space, two monitors if required, a working laptop, the functionality that you need, a secure VPN service, all of these ways of working and video conferencing mean that office working could now technically be made redundant. Also think of the benefits of remote working going forward because remote working now allows organizations across the country to break down geographical regions. I've spoken to clients in Scotland. I've spoken to clients in Wales, in Northern Ireland. And I've spoken to clients five minutes down the road. But because of the introduction of video technology, because of the introduction of remote working, we are seeing the barriers of the North, South, West, North and South divide, whatever divide, break and crumble away. And in this era where we have high levels of unemployment due to the redundancies, where a market is saturated, that can only be a good thing. A lot has been asked recently in respect of the UK lockdown. As you all know, we are currently here in the UK in lockdown two up until the 2nd of December. 
We don't know yet whether lockdown will continue. We don't know yet whether or not we will be able to have Christmas. But there is a lot of argument about whether or not five days of Christmas and allowing houses to mix should result in an extended 25 day lockdown. As a nation, as a global community, we have been through a lot this year and we need to identify those small things that we look forward to. I, for one, would gladly go back into a 25 day lockdown in order to have Christmas with my family, in order to have my in-laws come over, for my daughter to be able to see her grandparents, to be able to see her uncle. And if that means we have to spend another 25 days in lockdown, so be it. Family is important to a lot of people. And to take that away, even for a year, will be increasingly hard for people to swallow. Those who live on their own, the elderly who are not able to see anyone. We have a duty of care to everybody in this country. And I agree that some people may not agree with that view. And I'd love to hear your comments on it. Now, my last topic, uh, because we are going to be keeping these two to around 10 to 15 minutes, concerns the public borrowing. Now, it's been reported that public sector borrowing is estimated to have been £22.3 billion in October. This is the sixth highest borrowing in any month since records began in 1993. Now, the Office of National Statistics means that public sector net debt stood at £2.76 by the end of October, or if you want to look at it in this respect, 100.8% of GDP. We haven't seen this level of debt in decades. For the first seven months of this year, borrowing is estimated to have been 214.9 billion pounds. The highest of any April to October period and the sixth highest borrowing amount in any month since records began in 1993. Now, this is mostly due to COVID-19. This is mostly due to the impact that coronavirus has had on our UK economy, on our employment, on our retail, on our hospitality sectors. The government have provided over £200 billion worth of support to protect the economy, the lives and the livelihoods from the impacts of coronavirus. But how long can we continue to grow this debt? If projections keep going, we are on course to borrow almost £400 billion this year. This is the highest level of borrowing relative to the size of the economy since World War II. But we're not stopping. The government have already announced the biggest increase in military spending since the Cold War. And over 5 million public sector workers will have their pay frozen. Next week, 
the Chancellor is going to be presenting his spending review. And in that review, he is predicted to limit pay rises within the public sector to or at below inflation. And with only NHS doctors and nurses expected to be exempt in recognition of their work during the pandemic. Now, this is in line with what private companies are expected to do. Pay rises will be frozen. But I have to ask the question, as much as the NHS have been amazing and fully support everything that the NHS do, what about the other key workers? What about those who work in the retail environments, in our supermarkets, that have kept us stocked with food and supplies since this pandemic began? What about the fire service that have continued to put their lives on the line? What about the police for the same reason? And what about teachers that have continued to look after our young children to make sure that their growth and their education continues during unprecedented times? Surely some increase, some level of reflection on what those people have done should be considered. Next week will be very interesting when we see the spending review. It's going to be very interesting to see where we go in 2021. And it's going to be very interesting to see how COVID-19 continues to play an impact over the next 12 months. Earlier today, and day of recording is the 20th of November, we understand that the national R rate is now between 1 and 1.1. That is a drop on what it was just a few weeks ago. But how long can we continue to go into lockdown and out of lockdown? Even though I said earlier on, I'm quite happy to go back into lockdown and stay for an additional 25 days to have Christmas. The long term effects of that must still be relevant. As a nation, can we keep doing six weeks out to go four weeks in? Will the vaccine still prevent that? And what happens if people do not wish to have the vaccine? That's an ethical right of any person. You cannot force someone to take something if they do not wish. Lots of questions that need to be answered in the coming months. Lots of questions that need to be answered in the coming weeks. And we haven't even touched on how Brexit is going to impact the UK. Back to Jurassic HR, well, we've got a lot of things coming up in the pipeline over the next few weeks. On December 3rd, we are kicking off our webinar series and we'll be doing top tips for remote working. On the 8th of December, we will be doing a, a webinar on Brexit and what do we know as of now. And on the following week, the 15th of December, will be our last webinar of the year and that will be on how to set up a business podcast. In respect to this podcast, I am currently working on plans for the rest of the month, for the rest of the year. And I'm delighted to say that I've got about four or five guests that will be coming on the show over the next few weeks, giving their insights into how COVID-19 or coronavirus has impacted them. Some of these are going to be fascinating stories. I've spoken to a couple of them already um, and I hope you enjoy
So that's been Jurassic HR podcast for this week. A very quick getting the thoughts out, getting the doing the download, the brain dump of things that have been happening in the current world. Don't forget, if you are looking for bespoke HR and training services, contact me directly on inquiries at jurassichr.co.uk. You can call me on 07873-8744478. That number again is 07873-8744478. Check me out on LinkedIn at Andy Evans HR. I am currently offering a free 30-minute initial consultation where we will be able to talk about your businesses your HR and training issues, and I will create you a bespoke training program designed for you. I look forward to hearing from you. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I'll be back next week with more from Jurassic HR. Until then, stay safe, take care, and be well.